all the way from Dave Chappelle to Let's Go Brandon to Five for Fighting to a little woman who isn't even five. She's about four nine, a little teeny woman from Romania that changed her country. There's some really amazing things happening right now that you need to be aware of to give you strength. Don't miss a second of today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. The international human rights attorney, the author of a book that came out a few years ago called Saving My Assassin, and uh, fellow uh, Dallas resident that I uh, can't believe I haven't met until just now, Virginia Proden. Hello, Virginia. How are you? I am doing fine. I am doing fine. I want to. I am so happy to be here. And when you have the television show, I was on your television show several times. You look so familiar. Yes. That's why yes. I remember yes. now. Yes. yes, you did uh, several several programs. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was on the socialist one, and later yeah, on on yeah, several. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So good to see you again. Good to see you. So um, I don't. I did. I know your story. Uh, back then, did I know the full story? No, when I was on the socialist uh, part of the yeah, story yeah. Uh, on the television, the book was not published yet. Right, and you were talking about yeah. what life was like. Yes, yes, exactly. yes, yes. I remember mm-hmm. that. So, um, Virginia, let's start with your let's start with your story. Mm-hmm. How old were you? You're in Romania, which is horrible, horrible. One of the worst places under communism because of Ceausescu. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Tell me about life under him and what that was like. I was maybe around six years old mm-hmm. when I started to notice that my parents were very politically correct outside of the home and they were fearful and giving away all their rights. But I also heard them inside of home whispering how horrible the government is and the fact that tomorrow they're going to take more rights. And as a kid, I was petrified. I was scared to death thinking my life doesn't count to my parents or to my, uh, uh, to, to the, our government. Uh, but also a fire came inside of me. And I was thinking, I don't want to live like my parents. I do mm. not want to grow up and live like them. I want to find the truth. Why people, adults, know the truth, but don't speak up about the truth. And with that came the idea, because I had around in my family lawyers that had questions to um, different, um, you know, problems, but they never, they were never courageous to uh, speak up. Right. I thought, I will go to law school and I will find the truth and I will speak up for the truth. So you um, you get there, you're in law school, you go and mm-hmm. um, you begin to live your life now as an adult. Mm-hmm. And what stops you from doing what most adults do mm-hmm. uh, and, and say, it's too risky. I'm not going to. I have to have this job or I can make a difference by being quiet in the system. Uh, first of all, I want to say when you as an adult are uh, quiet and don't say anything, uh, look around because your kids and, uh, and your people and neighbors mm-hmm. 
uh, looking at how you respond today. Uh, second of all, I went to law school and I study. Okay, wait, thinking- wait, 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 wait. Before you go on to that, there are people that believe now that they are in the majority and those who believe they are in the minority. Mm-hmm. And people don't stand up at work because they're afraid that they're the only one or that they're they'll be left out hanging. They'll be the only one that will say anything. And all these people that whisper in the hallways and say, I'm with you, won't say anything. Mm-hmm. So how do you get past that? OK, uh, from my own example, and you'll learn later on, is um, we always said if she stands up, I will stand with her. Okay, so everything starts with you. You stand up for for the truth and speak the truth politely and nicely, and let God, if you are Christian, to uh, protect you. After all, your job it's not comes from your boss. Respect your boss, but your job and your resources and your life and your freedom mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. from God. And if you have that solid uh, foundation, you will stand up and you will. Be amazed how many people will stand up with you, but start with you. So the most forbidden book in all of Romania is? It was at that time uh, the Bible. And the reason is because and the reason is why right now as Christians, we are mocked, we are marginalized and even threatened to lose the job is because if you are a Christian, you have a solid foundation and you are loyal to Christ. You respect your boss, you respect your government, but you know that your government and your boss are there because God established them in your life. But they are not the ones giving you the job or um, the orders of how to live your life. Yes, exactly. How to live your life. And for that reason, when you have that, yes, you might lose your job. You might be under house arrest. Like I will explain like I was. But at the end, you will you will see the victory. Uh, that's if you forget everything from my story, think about I fought against the most powerful and cruel dictator in the in the West Eastern uh, bloc. He had everything on his fingertip. He had an army, he had uh, money, he had even the Western civilization that was he lied to before mm-hmm. I started to speak up. And he's dead and I'm alive. We belong to a team when we stand on Christ's ground. We belong to a team who never lost a battle. Christ never lost a battle. If you want to be victorious, forget about fear, be courageous, remain with Christ, and you will see the victory. You're remarkable. Okay, so you find the Bible, you start to read the Bible, mm-hmm. and this makes you say, I, I, okay, I, I have to stand up right now. Mm-hmm. And so what did you start doing? Well, before I find the truth, I I want to say that after years or a year and a half or something, two years of practicing and every day going to work in Romania thinking, today I'm going to find the truth. I'm going to speak up for the truth. One day I came to my office and I was almost ready to give up my profession. 
I put my uh, briefcase on my secretary's desk and I said, I can't find the truth. I, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. She looked at me like, what are you dreaming about? Where have you been? And she gave me three files and said, there are three people coming to you and one is in your office. I took the files and I walk into my office and I remember seeing the, the client that um, I have been working with him for more than a year. He was a good client um, and he came because he had new situation in his uh, case. And as I stood in, uh, in my chair uh, looking at him, I watched him again. I hated this man for the confidence that he had, the joy that he had on his face. And many times I was thinking, I need to fix this man. He's crazy. He's, <laughs> he's joyful in a joyless land. He's hopeful in a hopeless land. He must be crazy. Mm. And as I look at him that day, desperate and thinking, I'm going to give up my profession. I can't find the truth. I said to him, I wish I had in my life what you have in your life. And he looked at me and said, do you go to church? And I stared at him thinking, I knew you are crazy. I don't know why I ask you. Because in, in Romania, in the Soviet Union, mm -hmm. church was more than just frowned upon and uh it was deemed like it is now really you know just a bunch of crazy people that believe in a ghost in the sky it was worse than that uh, like a month ago before i uh, um my client was in my office the dictator declared himself god and required all of us to go to worship him so when wait, he wait, said wait. sincerely he said that yes Yes. Oh, my God. He declares there is no limit when uh, a man in the government, especially in a socialist uh, government, has full power. There is no limit. And he declared himself God. So you know, when it's, it's weird in in Nazi Germany, it took the churches, not all of them, but it took the churches uh, about six months to remove the picture of Christ off of the altar and replace it with Adolf Hitler. Six months. Six months, yes, yes. So when my client said, would you come to church? I said, yes. And I was petrified. I was thinking, what are you saying? A month ago, he, he declared himself God. I don't know who they worship, but I said yes, and the next Sunday I was in his uh, in his church because I was that determined to find the truth. And there I heard the pastor opening the Bible and say, Jesus Christ said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And that day I accepted Christ, and that day I understood that God put on my heart the desire to find the truth which is Christ, not a notion in a law books. And from that day, I realized that God had an appointment on my life to defend Christians and human rights cases. I didn't have to look for cases. People will come to me because nobody will take the cases. Everybody was fearful that if you take the case, you will go to jail. And that's kind of what happened to you. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So tell me about the case or the situation that they came to arrest you. What were you doing? I defended Christians who will take uh, uh, Bibles 
from one church to another for vacation Bible school. I will defend uh, doctors who will give prescription to their clients and with a prescription or a little piece of paper will give a Bible verse. They will be threatened, they will lose their job. Or I will defend churches who will put, who will ask the government for years to uh, let them maintain the church and the uh, government will put them on the waiting list until the um, um, church will be in disrepair and the government will say it's dangerous we uh, take the we demolish the building and take the the land and the list goes on and on did they warn you to stop doing Cases yes, like every that? every single day, unknown to me, and I want to mm. say it to your audience, you have to be aware that when you fight and you stand up for what is right, for religious right, mm-hmm. for God's principle, God will do things to protect you and to um, advance your work that you are not going to be aware of. When I was in Romania, behind the Berlin Wall, I had no idea that my cases were part of United Nations report on human rights violations Mm. or United States reports on human rights violations. Mm. I had no idea. Later on, congressmen like Frank Wolf and Congressman uh, Smith, Christopher Smith, will come to Romania and talk with me first and then Mm. talk with dictator because before I started to defend uh, Christians, they will go and talk with the dictator and the dictator will say, we Mm. don't have any problems we respect the human rights because uh, president reagan gave them um, and the american government gave romania the most favor national status mm. attached with respecting the um, Christian Christians. and, and uh, human rights cases, but he didn't respect that. So now they will come, the Congressman Frank Wolf and Christopher Smith and Secretary of State will come to me and talk about my cases and then go to dictator and the dictator will lie to them and say, oh, we don't have any cases. And they will say, let us tell you about the cases. So, Virginia, you are being warned the people around you you have the same secretary that looked at you crazy at this yes. time uh-huh. did she know you were in trouble yes in fact every single day um after i will take my kids to school um i in fact by the time i left the house i will have uh, secret uh, police following me as i will take my kids to school and then they will take me to interrogation they will tell ask me to um to stop what i'm doing they called me an enemy of the state because they said that when i was allowed to go to school um i i i was supposed to defend the government against people uh you know, mm-hmm. the speak up against uh, the, the government. government. Yeah. In fact, uh, I would like your audience, especially the ones that love socialists so much, to read my book and to read what the requirements are in a socialist country to go to school. You are not the one decided 
your profession. The government decides your profession. And I explain in, in my book exactly how, uh, how the that government... Is, that is coming now just through software. I mean, the public-private partnership and what we had with Common Core, Bill Gates was talking about we can, we can figure out what profession they'd be best at and then just streamline them exactly the way the communists did, except now it's yeah. an algorithm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll streamline them. And with the public-private partnerships that are being established now with the government and, and high tech and the schools, that is what's coming here. Yeah, but we still have power. It's a lie that they are saying to you that you don't have power. I am under five feet tall. I was 82 pounds in Romania and a woman, still a woman, uh, which in socialist, in socialist, it's nothing, not what they lie to you. And I still fight, find, uh, found the, the power to, uh, to fight okay. for me and for generations to come. That is A really important key to remember. You're not fighting for you, but generations to come. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. All right, I think the best way to start is with the piano. stand to fly I'm not that naive I'm just out to find a better part of me I'm more than a bird more than a plane more than some pretty face beside a train it's not easy Is my mic there? John Andrasik um, is uh, with us. John, what a privilege to meet you. Thank you, Glenn. It's a pleasure to be here. I, um, I have to ask you this first off. What is it like? Everything I do goes up into space and is someplace like <laughs> towards Pluto now. Right. And people don't relive it and relive it. And I think about this all the time. You, you did a song years ago that I still listen to all the time all the time you've had you have an impact on people you have an impact on me and my life and you don't even know it Hmm. how weird is that does it give you comfort that you don't know who's listening to your song that you might you might have done 20 years ago you know i think it's like an athlete that maybe plays ten thousand games but there's one game and there's somebody seeing them for one time and I think you always have to remember uh, that as a performer. And I don't know how you get up every day and do three, five, ten hours of, of content. And, and it is satisfactory it, to know that the songs still resonate 20 years later. Yeah. You know, the songs that I loved growing up, they're still, they're still there. Uh, and I, I still listen to them. But it is, it is humbling. I'm very grateful just to make a living at doing what I love to do. I am so blessed. Yeah. So, I'm, so you, um, I, you're going to do a podcast with me yeah. uh, for later this week. And we're going to go over some of the songs, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I want to um, talk to you about... The courage it took to stand up and just do a song, Blood on My Hands. Yeah. What drove you to that? Do you want to play it or should we play the recording? 
Why don't I play it? I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Uh, here it is. Let's this, do it. This. This. Uh, I. I get back from the Middle East uh, and Afghanistan, and I hear this song. <laughs> well, I, I'd. Uh, I'd like to actually. Uh, before I play the song, recognize our troops and our veterans, especially our Afghan vets, because I, I know they're hurting, um, and I want them to know they are not alone. Uh, we love them. We are with them. Uh, there will be accountability, and mm. uh, they served with honor. Got blood on my hands. Got blood on my hands. And I don't understand What's happening There's blood on these hands They're still Americans Left her the Taliban and he, 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 now how's that happening? Winking, blinking, can't you look me in the eyes? Willy-milly, tell me when did you decide this will defend your sacred motto now means never mind. Got blood on our hands Got blood on my hands The flag of the Taliban And he, he, he Over Afghanistan A general lost in, is there no honor in shame? Can you spell Bagram without the letters in blame? Did Uncle Joe stick a drip in your veins? Hands. And I can't hear her scream. If she's not, she's not, she's not on TV I can't hear him scream If he's not, he's not, he's not on TV He To every Afghan ally that we left behind every child who won't know freedom faces covered and blindness for this american promise now hell in the fire hands there's blood on our hands Just one American he, he, he. Asking What's, What's happening? 
what's happening it is it's a wild experience and i don't know if the camera could have caught this but it's a wild experience to sit this close to you because i could see the emotion and and which lines hit you deeply where did that come from when did you when did when did you what were you seeing that you were like uh, well you know like uh like all of us i was i was horrified by the images coming out of afghanistan and um when our 13 troops were killed uh and the 100 afghans by the suicide bomber again that that made me very angry i was banging on my piano and I've told you this before, I had no intention of writing a song or releasing a song. I take no joy in releasing this song. But uh, when, uh, when our last troops left, uh, I got a call from a friend who was organizing EVACs. And, mm. and I said, are you really risking your life to, to go rescue the citizens we left behind? And I'll tell you, Glenn, it's a little emotional sitting in front of you because I know you're doing just that. So to be able to play the song in front of you, knowing that every day you're on the phone rescuing people kind of... Uh, kind of talking to the same folks I am. It shouldn't be this way. It's it's insane. It's insane that we're doing what our government should be doing. This is the first time in listening to the song that I, and I think it's because when you sang it, you looked at me and you shook your head about blood on my hands. Yeah. It is. That's the way I have felt. I've never, I didn't get that from the song that you are, uh, you are really, <laughs> feeling the same way i am is that we have done some we yes not the government we That's have us. done something horrible yes horrible no it is us and people ask me the why well there's no blood on my hands i didn't vote for this person but we're americans we're americans we're the american they don't care promise who we yes. voted for nobody cares yeah you know when when the europeans look at us and say why did you leave our people behind they're not checking our our voting record and Correct. and you're right it's when you said it's it's a national shame we have lost a piece of our soul and i think until we admit that complicity which we have not done um, until we find some accountability our moral conscience will continue to erode and fester and uh it's it's something like nothing else we have these political fights and we have these bullets in the culture war but this to me is something uh more consequential it really speaks to who we are who are we who is america you just had a guest on talking about the, the great light that's america that people can come and, and find their dreams well, those, that America doesn't break their promise to American citizens and allies that we fought with and maybe save some of our soldiers' lives. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a scary song. And again, I take no pleasure in writing it or even singing it, but uh, someone had to say it. What is the response? I know you've been on the road. We've been yeah. calling each other, yeah. talking to each other, yeah. and we're at the opposite ends of the clock. Yes. <laughs> uh, what is the reaction when you sing it? It's been fascinating because I... I I was mostly blue states on my tour. And at the end of my show, uh, I, I asked my quartet to leave because I don't want them, frankly, cut up in the cancel game. And I talk about the song before I sing it. I talk about the fact that if Donald Trump were president or any Republican president and we were in this situation, mm -hmm. I'd write the song. I talk about it's a moral message, not a political one. And I ask people to just listen. And it's amazing. When I play it, you could hear pin drops. There's some people crying. There are some soldiers screaming, oorah. And there's some people looking, kind of cocking their head. 
but everyone listens. And it gives me hope for this country because I think if we speak in a way um, that is not partisan, that is not tribal, we're not going to make everybody agree. But I think everybody knows deep down this Afghanistan tragedy is, uh, is something that we can't just push under the rug. And it's been emotional. You know, veterans come after me, Afghan vets, they can't even talk, Glenn. They're, they're in tears, their shame, their pain. You see the suicide rates are up. You know, and my mission has expanded from just keeping Afghanistan on the front foot accountability to really letting our vets know that, hey, this is not about you. You did the right thing um, and take care of their mental health. And I see that every night with the veterans and the military families. Uh, I want to share with you, uh, probably with the podcast, um, or at least just personally, something that happened at the end of, uh, I think, last week's, last Wednesday's television broadcast. Um, two people um, that had been saved from Afghanistan mm-hmm. and they're 20 something girls. Uh, mm-hmm. They were on a bus of all of these school girls. Um, and at the end, it wasn't even part of the show. We added it. It was after we cut the show, but the cameras were still rolling. And I said, I want you to, inter- I want to introduce you to somebody who is, my chief researcher, he was one of the first in Afghanistan. Hmm. And he's been questioning and really struggling with what happened. And um, what they said to him was remarkable. They immediately said, don't ever question what you did. We're here. Generations have changed because of this. You know, it ended poorly. Right. But because you were there. We we have cha- we have a chance. We have a chance. There's a uh, a classical piano player named Elon Fanus, an Afghanistan uh, young man. And for our veterans, if you're feeling that uh, your sacrifice was in vain, Google him and read his letter. He wrote a letter, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal, saying, "Thank you. I have a life of freedom. I have an ability to practice my art, and it's all because of you." And you know what? It's going to be hard to stamp out that freedom in Afghanistan. Certainly we have a lot of work to do, but there's still a lot of hope and there's still a lot of work that can be done. And to certain degree, we can fix it if we keep our eyes on it. John Andrasik, he is the singer songwriter five for fighting, uh, who's joining me now. And it's interesting that you say that you ask the rest of the band to leave because you don't want them drawn into the, into the blowback from this. It is shocking to me how even Eric Clapton or Van Morrison uh, are writing songs about in, in, in England, they're writing it about uh, COVID. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a kind of important questions and they are being pilloried uh, and no one is playing their music. It can't get anywhere. And when you're going after Eric Clapton, <laughs> For writing a song that's questioning the man. Yeah. What the hell has happened to rock and roll and artists? Yeah, it's funny. Like Rolling Stone is now the man, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, there was talking about Afghanistan. There was a, a folk singer named Farood Andarabi who in the initial days was dragged from his home and murdered by the Taliban in front of his house. A folk singer. Yeah. 
And you would think uh, the music media, especially the Rolling Stones of the world, would have that guy on their cover saying, mm-hmm. hey, it's about freedom of expression. It's about music, um, the suppression of music by the Taliban and its crickets. And it just shows how deeply tribalism has infected our culture. It is so malignant that they won't talk about any issue that, uh, that they perceive may hurt their side. And uh, it's frankly disgusting. It's shameful. We should be having concerts for the, for the people of Afghanistan. The orchestra, the children's orchestra, we've got half of them out. Half mm-hmm. of them are still there. The music community should be, you know, should be in Qatar right now organizing, you know, U2, uh, Paul McCartney, Springsteen. We should all be down there screaming for the human rights of Afghanistan. And why are we not? Here's the facts. If it was a Republican president, you wouldn't be hearing my song. You know why? Because there'd be 20 other ones, you know, calling about, oh, Afghanistan, the women in Afghanistan, the children in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Tribalism is destroying this nation, and the music media and the media in general are a big participant in that. It is. I'm thrilled to have you here. It's so great to finally meet you. Um, He's going to be on the podcast, which will come out for Blaze subscribers on Thursday, and you'll be able to find it wherever you get your podcasts. John Andrasik, the the song is Blood on My Hands. Uh, Find it on YouTube and share it while you can. One of the songs that has been banned on YouTube for medical misinformation (laughs) (laughs) is uh, coming up next. The the artist that uh, the rapper that did the song, uh, Let's Go Brandon, joins us next. Let's go, Brandon. (laughs) The best of the Glenn Beck program. We have, uh, of course, if you're a regular listener to this program, uh, we have won several uh, honorary Grammys for our work in the rap world. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I bet a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that, but... Uh, I'm all down with rap. And uh, all up in here. (laughs) Exactly right. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bryson Gray is a Christian rapper. That song that you're listening to is Let's Go Brandon. And it has been censored on social media, even though it's number one on iTunes. And the reason why it's been censored is because it has misleading medical information in it. Uh, Bryson is with us now. Hello, Bryson. What's up, man? Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, so you're, you're, tell me about how the genesis of this song. So um, I didn't want to make it at first. I didn't want like to make a trendy song. Um, but the way I looked at Let's Go Brandon is uh, I don't curse. So, <laughs> the F, <laughs> so the F Joe Biden chance. They look so cool, but I was like, ah, I'm not saying that. <laughs> so, you know, it's so funny, Bryson, because Pat and I are exactly the same. We we love it when we heard it, but we were also at the same time. We wouldn't participate in it. And we we're also like, that's not that's not who we are. That's just not I don't want our side to be like that. But the let's go. Brandon is fantastic. Fantastic. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. 
I was uh, like, finally, finally, I could do something. But um, yeah. So uh, you know that happened, and a guy named Black Conservative Preacher, he was asking me to make a song before anybody did it, and I was like, nah. You know, I, was like, I love it, but now nah, I want to make a song. And then, like, a few artists released Let's Go Brandon songs uh, before me. Like, four or five artists did it, and they all had, like, profanity in it. And in my mind, I'm like, well, that defeats the purpose of, of Let's Go Brandon, in my opinion. But uh, so uh, he, he hit me up again and was like, man, I need something for my son to listen to, man. This is a beautiful movement. Like, I need something for my son to listen to, bro. And that finally got me, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a Let's Go Brandon song, but if I do it, I want to put Tyson James on it, Chandler Crump on it, and then I released it, man, and, and YouTube banned it, and it just, I'm on Glenn Beck show right now, so obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it is the dream of every rapper to be on this program. Uh, uh, so when you, were, when you were banned for, can we play the very beginning? Because I think this is the medical misinformation that, that got you banned. Listen, the very beginning of the song. Shots that people are getting now cover that. They're they're you're okay. You're not gonna you're not gonna get COVID if you stop. Have. That is absolutely untrue. Is that do you think the medical misinformation that they banned you for? Well, I, I asked them which lyric which lyric did it, and the YouTube just refused to respond. I've I've hit them up like five times. They they literally refused to tell me which lyric got me banned. That's a little bizarre, isn't it? Uh <laughs> I would imagine that it is the uh, pandemic ain't real. They just planned it. That that could be. But um, I mean, they, we already know that it most likely came from a Wuhan lab uh, and it got out somehow. And we already know uh, Bill Gates talked about how they were going to use vaccines and other methods uh, for depopulation. Uh, so, you know, huh? tomato, tomato. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. You know, the problem is, and your song uh, deals with it, the, the problem is, is that, as you say, when you ask questions, they start banning. Um, the silencing of voices is something unlike we have ever seen that I, at least in my lifetime in America. I agree. Um, this is like, this is actually my second song getting banned on YouTube. I had one about hydroxychloroquine that was banned. Uh, and Spotify banned us another song of mine, and we like I didn't. I'm confused. When do we get to the point where we ban arts? Have you heard the rap songs that exist? Like, if anybody ever sat down and listened to the most popular rap songs, that's not banned. But you banned my song because you don't like the you don't like that it questions the narrative and it goes against the consensus of the cdc even though the cdc changes their consensus every two weeks mm-hmm. uh, it is yeah, we, we we are we are in crazy times uh, you know it's um it's amazing i was against the banning of uh rap um it'll come maybe perhaps as a giant surprise to you but for as much work as we've done in the rap world uh i'm not really all into rap um, but I defended rap when I was a morning show. When were we? 1990s, Pat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And remember, Tipper Gore was going after rap. And we're like, look, we don't even like rap. You should not ban it. What are you talking about? And it has only gotten so much worse, the things that are said in rap. And they they are allowed to say it. And I... You know, I raise the flag for them being allowed to say it. 
but it is being consumed in such vast quantities and no one is even thinking about the effect on our culture and the effect on on our children that are listening to it. And yet you come out with some questions and you're questioning the man, which I think rock and roll and rap. I think that's what you do. Uh, and you're shut down. That and that is insane. And I remember those days. Well, I was born in 1991, but hmm. I, I, of course, I read about those days where, like, NWA, you had two yeah. live crew. Yeah, you had yeah people like that that were that were getting banned. But even those are still love. I think Ice T has a song literally about killing police officers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can still go to YouTube and find that. Uh, but as soon as I say uh, the pandemic ain't real, they planned it. It's like, oh, no, that's it. That's where we draw the line. Like, what? Arts? Music? This is where you draw the line like that? This is, man, this is, this is, and, and the fact that people on the left are supporting it, like, people are mocking, like, me on Twitter saying, <clears throat> I'm glad your song got banned. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. So, tell me the, um, the after effects of this. Are you... Are you uh, more optimistic or less optimistic? Have you? Because I, I was just talking to John Audresic from uh, Five for Fighting, and he just did a song, and it's getting squashed as well. Uh, and uh, his is about Afghanistan, and uh, you know they squashed Eric Clapton for a song about COVID. Are, are you seeing more people come out? Is is there something that's changing in America? I do think it's changing, but I think if we actually started paying attention more, it could change faster in a positive light. There's obviously something changing in a negative way to where, if you want to be honest, in this country, I know we like to say we're all free, but in reality, in the public space, only one side has free speech. Mm-hmm. They, can say whatever they, they, they can say whatever they want about Jesus and just get away with it. They can literally do whatever they want. Meanwhile, we can't even question, make a joke then we're banned off platforms if, if we do that. But the good side of it is if you see what happened with this song, it shot up to number one. Like I, I do not think it would be number one if they didn't ban it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> you know, yeah. So that that's a positive side to it. The only problem with that is I feel like we, we do that for like a week or two and then we go back to normal. And if you actually listen to the lyrics in my Let's Go Brandon song, my whole point was it's time for us to like, stand up and stop stop allowing and succumbing to what's going on in this country i think though that there is also something and you're an example of it john's an example of it uh and as Cantor is an example of it um where where people are starting to stand up and there seems to be a little bit of a snowball that is is starting Oh yeah, it's it's a culture war. It's a culture war right now, and they they have the left has had the grip on the culture war for so long. Like I don't know if you saw, but this some website wrote an article and said uh, and said uh, I can't believe this moronic song passed Adele. And then at the end of the article, it said uh, Adele will be back number one by the morning. This is just a MAGA cult nonsense. Blah blah blah. Now that was yesterday, and of course this is the morning currently, and she's actually dropped number, <laughs> you know, she's actually dropped the number three behind another Let's Go Brandon song. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh it is uh it's great to talk to you and i just i wanted to thank you for your courage um to do this are you concerned about backlash um it, uh, listen my music is so controversial that i've never been concerned about it i welcome it uh because i seek first the kingdom of god so i'm, I'm not, i don't fear anything god bless you god bless you Bryson Gray is his name, the creator of Let's Go Brandon uh, that has now been censored uh, on uh, social media. Christian uh, or Bryson, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. God bless you. Uh, another another episode of Glenn Beck Talks Rap. <laughs> <laughs> There've been so many episodes, so though, many, you know, so many epic episodes. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, to to really, what was your favorite pick one? That's what the was thing. your favorite? I, you know, there's so many. It's like choosing your favorite child. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I think the episode with Tupac. Yeah, that was where I said, "Dude, don't go." Yeah, uh, and he went anyway. He went anyway. That was, uh, it was, was a powerful, powerful in retrospect, powerful. right? You know, but uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Na, 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 na.